0: Hi everybody, this is Alejandro Garcia. This is El Valle Bajo podcast, a very special uh, podcast. We have been trying to get this interview for a while now, and we finally got our schedules together. We have uh, former mayor, Jesus Reese, joining us. And of course, we always have Pablo Barrera with us. We want to appreciate it. Mr. Reese, thank you for joining us. Thank you,
1: thank you for Mr. and Mr. Barrera for having me. I appreciate you all doing this. And hopefully your podcasting continues, very informative to the people of Socorro and the surrounding areas.
0: Thank you, thank you very much, sir. We appreciate that very much. So, you know, we're gonna start off real quick. Um, you're running for mayor. This is your second time running for mayor. Uh, you ran, you ran and won the first time. Uh, you ran for re-election and lost to um, our former mayor that got um, that got uh, ousted. Uh, can you remember her name right
1: now? It's Gloria Rodriguez.
0: Gloria Rodriguez, and I was part of that team. Um, and technically you... not a
1: loss, technically not a loss, as we <laughs> technically found out later. Not and I'll it tell you this: run off.
0: yes, so you, you did run off, <laughs> you did run off, but you know, so Cora wasn't doing runoffs then, or we didn't know we had to do runoffs then. We, did yeah, run-off we didn't know we did had to. <laughs> and now, yeah, now we know. So we're hoping for, for a greater outcome this coming from you. So Mr. Reese, uh, starting off, how did you get into politics? And and can you tell us about that?
1: I've always been in, involved in politics. I've always liked it. Um, even when I was a kid growing up, when I was at an MSU, that's when I graduated with a history major. When I came here back to Socorro, um, I started getting involved in politics and especially because in the early 2010s that's when we had a lot of scandals going on a lot of corruption and so you just want to make a difference in in your community and in 2013 when myself mr rodriguez and mr bowling rest in peace uh we all went ahead and, and ran together to go ahead and, and clean up the city and thankfully the people of coral placed their trust in us and we were able to go ahead and, and win that election all of us won with 50 percent of the vote. so no runoff needed there right um and thankfully, we were able to do a lot of a lot of good things for the city from 2013 through 2016.
0: Thank you. Yeah, you know, those are our big days. We did have Mr. Rodriguez on and you guys are running together and we we we've uh, highlighted that you guys put that pretty much put that uh, grass, the line in the grass and said, no mas. This is where we where we where we stopped the gandera regime that we had. And those are great things that, that the, the community needs to know. And, you know, those are the best times of Socorro where there was no scandals for four years or two and a half years, I think, something between that time. And and those were great times for Socorro. Uh, So, you know, those are better times to look for. So, uh, what do you got, Pablo? I think he's on mute. Are you on mute, Pablo?
2: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, now he was it, was on was now it was my turn yesterday. It was her turn. Now it's my turn. You see, <laughs> it happens to all of us. Um, all right, uh, Mr. Reese, what do you feel your your city is in most need of right now?
1: Well, I think more than anything else, I think we need strong leadership um, during this time of the pandemic. Um, as you mentioned, Mr. Uh, Garcia, after the 2016 election, Ms. Rodriguez, you know, she was ousted. She was voted out of office less than a year into her term. Um, after that, we had that runoff very contentious election between Miss, Miss Ivy and Miss Elia and Miss Elia ultimately won. Um, and, and I feel that since then, we really don't have a whole lot of things going on in Socorro that we can really hang our hats on. Um, and we see that we still need a lot of issues that need to be addressed. Right now in in all the walking that we've done across Socorro, it just goes back to the basics, you know, and we're still missing a lot of the basic things here in Socorro, Uh, the sidewalks, the streets, a lot of the issues that we need to work with other entities, you know, with the Irrigation District, with Lower Valley Water Department. A lot of people think that the issues that they see are because the city doesn't do anything, but we have to better educate the people and say, hey, this is actually something that Lower Valley needs to do. They actually have an election uh, and we vote for them as well. And so I think just going back to the basics that, that we really need to to focus on. And I think that happened in the early, again, 2010s, when we focus more on our wants rather than on our needs. And and that, that it takes a lot to be able to say we're going to focus on streets. We're going to focus on getting sidewalks in because it takes a lot of work. You know, it can be quite expensive to go ahead and put in a mile of sidewalks. I think when I was in office, the quote was one hundred thousand per one mile of sidewalk. And so that's pretty expensive. And that's why you look for grants like the safe routes to school grant to go ahead and help pay for those things but i think more than anything else in socor we just need to be able to go ahead and, and work on the basics and i think the more that we do that the more we're going to be able to attract what we need in socor which are businesses you know we we rely heavily just like el paso does on the property taxes you know because we don't have a diverse business community here because it's hard you look at horizon and they're booming right now they have a lot of businesses over there if you want to go to a restaurant you go to horizon and here in Socorro, we have to work on a lot of different things to be able to attract that. Um, Horizon also has uh, that small hospital that they have up there. We were in talks actually when I was mayor uh, with Providence to see if they were willing to bring uh, a hospital like that here, know, ultimately they went with Horizon, but we just need to be able to work on the basics here in Socorro so that we can keep on improving ourselves in the long run. Thank you,
0: sir. What, in your time, in your tenure as mayor, what do you think was your greatest accomplishments for Socorro? What it what it most were you proud of that you made sure that Socorro got that it hadn't had before?
1: An administration that really, as you mentioned, Mr. Garcia, there was no scandals. We right. came in, and for those of you who might not know, with Socorro history, um, the last three mayors, you know. One of them was the first elected official to be recalled in Socorro history. Another one had been arrested, another one resigned. And so we had a lot of leadership issues in Socorro and the administration that we had was able to go ahead and provide something that we hadn't had, which is a good administration. An administration that not only worked with the city council but also let the city manager work. At the time we had Mr. Norfleet, we let him and his departments be able to do the job that they needed to do once he left and Mr. Larta took over as city manager. Same thing, we let them go ahead and do their business and before you had a lot of issues with city councilors meddling with the administration and not wanting to go ahead and let the city manager do their job. Not only that but you see the big projects that we were able to go ahead and bring to Socorro because of our work Within, for example, the MPO, the Metropolitan Planning Organization, we were able to go ahead and get Waco Tanks, then we were able to get North Loop, Horizon, and especially Waco Tanks because that project had been in the pipeline for such a long time, but our city just hadn't been able to go ahead and get it to the finish line. And it took a lot of work to be able to get the different landowners to say, fine, we'll go ahead and sell. And then we had to work with different kinds of people. You know, at one point, one of the city council members of Socorro said, you know what, just forget about it. It's getting too complicated. Let's just asphalt that thing. Put asphalt and we're good. That's all we really need. You know, and we said, no, that's not good enough for Socorro. We're almost done with this project. Let's get it done. And so if you look at Socorro now, Horizon is a four lane street. North Loop got widened, you know, East Lake got done. So you have different things that we did here for Socorro. On top of that, we also managed to pave over 100 streets across Socorro, something that had not been done before. And so these are the things that we were
2: able to accomplish that I'm very proud of. Excellent. Yes, yes. Um, You brought up a good point. I talked to a certain individual that's also running at large and against Mr. Rodriguez. And he's a veteran. And me being a veteran, I'm kind of, I'm not kind of, I'm actually pretty disappointed with his comments, and I started looking at, you know, his signage and stuff like that. And I almost feel... I'm glad that you guys were able to, to get rid of that that Gandara era. Um, I almost feel like it's kind of coming back. They're using other people. So that that is concerning to me. Um, some of the comments that I guess he stated were very bogus, and I know we're going to touch up on it here here, probably in the next couple of days or, or this week uh, about those comments, and he did have some stuff to to say about yourself, Mr. Daniel Rodriguez, Mr. Mr. Garcia, when he was in office, and kind of coming to know more people. I've gotten to know Mr. Garcia more, Mr. Rodriguez, and... It's just like a veteran to veteran, I'm disappointed with him. There's no way I can sit, sit here comfortably and say there's no way I'm going to vote for him. So, and you touched upon a good subject. What do you think the city needs to make to make it more attractive and inviting? I know you kind of touched up on it, but can you elaborate a little bit more it it's infrastructure, businesses? something else that we need to to
1: work on and focus on is also the way that we um, allow the land to be developed you know a lot of our newer subdivisions we have to be able to say okay do we want parks in these subdivisions do we want to go ahead and say no and just give us that extra land Um, because again we have to be able to provide our citizens with good quality of life you know basic quality of life a good park You see a lot of the parks around Socorro and we just haven't been able to maintain them. And I think that us as an administration, we have to be able to sit down and say, okay, if we're not able to maintain our parks, are we going to keep on building the parks with newer subdivisions? get built but not only that but where we're allowing them to go ahead and get built you know we have a lot of the way that Socorro is built and was built is that we were a farming community we still are to an extent but a lot of the time when that when that land gets sold that used to be farmland now it's just on the side of the road and now it's a new subdivision that before there's no way that that road can absorb all that new community and we have to be careful with how we plan and how we go ahead and do things and again because we have to be able to attract businesses here to be able to expand our tax base so it's not just heavily dependent on
2: that property tax
0: right Good point
2: yeah those are very valid points and I mean those are things that you Alex and I we've talked about and and I mean those are things that I we've agreed that the city needs
0: and it's true because you know we, we as my time as a city councilman, you, you try to work at the parks, but there is no money for parks. There, you either fix a park up or you fix a pothole, and that's the budget we have at in Socorro. We we need to make sure that people understand that, and and it's not, and it's not even we can't even talk about taxes in Socorro because we can't afford taxes because our school district is the one that uh, we have the highest taxes in the city for Socorro ISD, which which hurts a lot of revenue coming in because we can't even tax half a penny. It hurts. It hurts that much. Uh, Mr. Reese, uh, how important is a relationship with the surrounding areas, Sanelli, Clint, Tornillo, Horizon, how important is that? And what would you do to to help uh, out in getting better relationships with them?
1: Well, I think that it is very important to have a healthy relationship with our neighbors. In 2013, when I came into office, uh, the relationships that we had with just about every other community was very, uh, negative. Uh, we were fighting with Horizon to annex some land. Uh, we were try- trying to absorb San Sanelisario, which was then just a community, not a city. Uh, we worked through those issues. You know, we had a very good relationship. Saneli was able to become a city uh, because we were we were able to pull away from the annexation. And especially because when you have good relationships with the other communities, you're able to do a lot of different things with them, such as interlocal agreements. You know, you're able to work with them on the, again, the, the MPO. Um, that is something very important for our region because it's it's such a key source of funding for projects and if you constantly go out there and try to fight with other people you're not going to get anywhere you know you have to be able to say yes we're socorro but we're also going to go ahead and and work with you and see what you were able to help us with when we were on the mpo um, we were able to get a lot of projects done because of that because they're all voted on by that board so it's not just you bring a project you still have to get the votes from the rest of the board to get it approved and again if you have a positive relationship with the different entities it's just going to be that much easier for you to get that, that project pushed forward
2: awesome that that kind of brings up to to my next question. I know right now I kinda of, it almost seemed like I went off tangent a little bit because I was looking for my question and I knew I had it here and I found it. You know, with regards to that one individual um that's running for office, you know, when I spoke to him, he didn't say it directly, but you can you can kind of tell from through the conversation it was in an indirect manner that he was already planning or well, not just him, but obviously he's running with somebody else for mayor, and a district court rep. And they're already planning to take certain individuals off of the city, certain city positions. So what is your take on how you wanna work with other city council members if you're able to get
1: elected? Well, I think that that's very troubling because like I mentioned earlier, one of the things that we were able to do um, when I was a mayor, is to let the city manager work. And I don't know if they were referring to certain city officials, you know, and removing them from their positions or did he mean from commissions or from city council?
2: Uh, no, he, he was referring certain, uh, employers, not, none of the commissioners, none of the right. council, but and see, that's
1: employees. the problem because that, that's the issue. that Socorro had for many years that again, we are not a strong mayor form of government, you know, our form of government is city council, city manager. And as city council, we can't be telling the city manager, you have to hire this individual or you have to fire this individual. And so if that is the mindset that you're having that when you get into office, if you get elected, um, that's very troubling because it just takes us back to what Socorro used to be. You know, you don't see that happen very often. You know, if you're gonna go, I think it even says in the charter and it does say in the charter, that city council will not interfere with the administration of the city manager. You have to let your city manager be able to do the work. That is why we have a city manager. And if you start saying, I'm going to fire this individual, I'm going to put this individual here, that's just going back to the way that Socorro used to be going back for, for a long, long time. you know. And it is not what you want in a city of Socorro that wants to move forward, that is looking into the future, and again, that is wanting to attract more businesses here, that is wanting to attract more professionals here to the area. You know, It's just going to take us back to a place that we don't want to go to. And, and I think that having that positive relationship with the rest of city council is key uh, to answer your question. I think it's key to work with the rest of the council, whether you agree on certain things or not, you know, you are ultimately there to represent the city of Socorro. I remember on the, uh, the last city council meeting that former city manager Northfleet had with us, we actually went ahead and took a selfie, you know, and it was myself, Gloria, Mr. Victor, Anthony, Rene, Northfleet. and you didn't see that before that, even though we were all from different um, angles of the political spectrum, we were able to put that aside and say, hey, it's the last time it's going to be here. Let's take a selfie. Let's all hang out here. Let's say hi. Let's say bye and then have a good time. You know, and I think that that is important that even though you're you, you might see things differently, you still have to be able to get along. And especially me that I want to be mayor, I don't have a vote on city council. And so if I want to have a project done or if I want to push an agenda item, I have to be able to have a good relationship with the rest of the council so that they
2: can vote for it. And, and that's what I want. I, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. You just hit it perfect. And that's what I want our listeners to understand. And I, I hope that they can understand that and see that the direction that, that you want to go in. But at the same time, or the other people that are running for certain positions where they're wanting to, they want to go not even two steps back. They want to go seven steps back. And so you know when these when our our listeners are gonna go vote have that in mind you know do you really want to go seven steps back or do you want to continue to move in the right direction which i think we were doing good before um we kind of stayed stagnant it was it was making we were making good progress but i think we i I know that we have people here that are capable of making leaps and bounds to make those recoveries for the past errors in the past years
0: yeah, you know, and something you hit on, Mr. Reese, was a strong mayor. I've heard that before from our older generation of Socorians who who want the strong mayor back. And what I've heard from that is that they get rid of the city manager, they 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 give the monies to to each district councilman. Now that, that causes a lot of not having check and balances. And that makes it something where we, we are the, so the way it was explained to me by somebody was that if something breaks down, it comes out of the district one funds or comes out of district two funds or comes out of the, the mayor is the one that delegates all that money. And, and, and so uh, be aware of this. This is how we got in trouble. This is how we got in trouble because we had people who wanted to have the money for themselves. We wanted the money for them. And and that scares the jeebies out of me that if we get somebody or a majority who wants a strong mayor and a strong mayor is going back 10, not even 10 years, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And it's a scary noise because you it it lives and dies with your city councilman. It really does. And if that if that money's missing, there's no accountability. And that's what our older, some of our older uh, candidates want to do. So thank you for shining a light on that, Mr. Reese. Um, right. And I think uh, if I can just, just touch right. on that
1: point, Alex, um, you know, I don't think that Socorro has ever had a strong mayor form of government. I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that we've always had the city manager uh, form of government. And for the most part, the the issue with the strong mayor form of government, the reason why most governments around the country is that have actually shifted away from it, is because, as you mentioned, it places a lot of power on the mayor. You know that's where the name comes from, strong mayor form of government. And the mayor really doesn't have a whole lot of checks and balances. He dictates what the budget is going to be. He dictates that. He dictates this, and that's led to a lot of issues across the country from municipalities that have that form of government. El Paso used to have it, and they went away from it in the in the mid two thousands. A, uh, a fun fact for your listeners is that a current attorney, uh, Jim Martinez, he was actually the first city manager for the city of El Paso because he was placed on an interim basis. Oh, wow. And so back then, Mr. Martinez was actually the first city manager for the city of El Paso. But if a city like El Paso moved away from that and implemented the city manager form of government, it's because a strong mayor form of government does not work. And it just leads to a whole lot of issues. Like I mentioned, right now, we have Ms. Rolarte as a city manager. We had Mr. Norfleet as city manager. And under their leadership and in council, council is set as there to set policy. You know, it is the responsibility of the city manager and the staff to execute that policy. And then council holds them, holds her accountable and she, she holds accountable her staff. And if you take that away, who really holds council and especially the mayor, you know, accountable? Every four years you have an election, you know, and, and and something to also keep in mind is that the mayor has to be able to know how a government runs efficiently, you know, how to run a government, you know, what is your experience running an actual government and you're now the executive of that government. That's really hard.
0: Right. Now, you alluded to one, one of the things that um, me and Pablo talked about was the police department here in Socorro um, You alluded to, um, I thought that you were, uh, We were going to explain to us how one of your greatest accomplishments was in the police department, and, and I'll bring it up for you because uh, we touched on how ci- uh, a couple of citizens from Socorro got involved with the chief of police, tried a week before try to get rid of our city manager, Larenado and they try to bring up the videotape. There, were, there. I mean, we touched on it. How there were so many people involved. Okay. And this is a chief of police, uh, I believe that uh, you guys brought in. Um, but I, what I really want to know is the story behind how you guys almost, we almost, our police department, I don't think a lot of people know this, that our police department almost got taken over by the state and you and Mr. Rodriguez had a big, had a big piece to do with that because we would have been martial law by by the state in a sense, because we didn't have a good a good police department. And I think they gave you a couple of, of time frame and you guys hit that. Can you can you expand on that and what happened and what you guys did to make sure that the city of Socorro police stayed the city of Socorro police?
1: Right. And again, that that's one of the issues that you have when again council just gets too involved in the administration. Um, and you start trying to dictate what should be done and you really don't have you know the knowledge to to run a department efficiently and to run a city efficiently and so when we came into office um unfortunately the city of socorro police department had a lot of issues um we had officers who unfortunately at the time had been arrested uh when we came in it was a big thing that they had been arrested for various things not only that but even the way that the Stone Garden grant, which is a grant that covers overtime for police departments, was actually going to go ahead and be removed because it was just not being used right the correct way. And so we had a big meeting with with sheriff, Sheriff Wiles, and we went there and we told them, hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and do our best to straighten this out, give us a chance to go ahead and, and work this out. We talked to to various officials across the state. We said, let us let us do our jobs. You know, we're new. It's a new 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 day for sacor We're gonna get this done, and they they trusted us. You know, we were able to go ahead and, and do that. Again, we let the city manager handle the police department. Mr. Norfolk, I think, um, did a good job in that and bringing them back up to standard. Uh, then we got into the process of selecting a new chief of police, which, as you mentioned, that is when Chief Maldonado was ultimately selected. Um, down the road, you know, you ran into this issue with him and the city manager and it just became a big old mess and we don't need that in Socorro. We don't need that again. You know, I think that um, the police department, Socorro, when I was mayor, was ranked for three, state, three straight years as one of the top 50 cities in Texas. And that's where we need to be. We need to be able to work with the sheriff's department, with the state troopers, with everybody else, with the constables to make our community a safe community. And in order to do that, we have to be able to have an efficient police department.
0: Thank you, sir. Appreciate that.
2: Um. All right. Next question. Do you do you plan on working with the school system to help our youth here, like locally?
1: When I was uh, when I was mayor, we we worked closely with the with the school system, and and education is something that I really believe in, um, especially here in Socorro. We need to have good schools we need to make sure that our seniors graduate and that they go to college in Socorro um, I think that about maybe 10 percent or less of the population actually has a college degree and so we really have to push our students to be able to go to college and 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 earn that degree right and something that we did here in Socorro when I was mayor uh, we actually approved the first library to be built here in Socorro Uh, unfortunately I'm still waiting for it to be built right but we approved it uh, we uh, we would pur- purchase books that are still there at the uh, Chayupolaca Community Center because we wanted the kids to be able to go and read. Something that I did a lot of and and, and it was something that I enjoyed is that we were invited to various um, job fairs or school fairs across the city and we would always attend. Mejorarte, various city, city officials, we would all go and talk to the students of uh, Socorro and say, hey, you know, we want you to succeed. We want you to stay in school. Um, I remember one time, former public works uh, supervisor, Mr. Douglas Lovedell, he went in and he had a hard hat with the American flag. And so all the kids loved that. They were like, oh, Captain America, Captain America. And it was great because afterwards they were all asking for autographs. You know, and I think that that is something that they need to be able to know is that the government is here to support them. We have to be able to work with the school districts and say, hey, you know, we here in Socorro, we, we also want the good things that some schools maybe north of the freeway are getting. You know, we have two representatives that sit on the SISD board, Mr. Gandara and Mr. Guerra, and we have to be able to have a good communication with them and making sure that our schools have the resources that the students need to succeed.
2: And, and that, that's completely correct. And that's something Alex and I have been very passionate about is everything North of the freeway, um, just seems to be pretty much getting the palaces up there, the, the technology and stuff like that. And, and I know I, Alex even said it, you know what, the, the principal at Herschel Antwine is obviously doing a good job because they keep getting computers. So they're they're being proactive to make sure that their students have it. And you're, you're right, it's just sad that down here, we're not getting the stuff that, that we need and that our school board trustee members that are down here that represent this area, obviously, in my opinion, have have forgotten about this area and yet they live here and and i think it's important like i mentioned
1: earlier that the the citizens know who their elected officials are and and what it is that they can do because like i mentioned a lot of people think that socorro has a lot of power and that you know we do a lot of services but that just isn't the case you know we have lower valley we have the irrigation district we have the county and just like that we also have the the school district and i think that it is important as elected officials something that i was very proud of is that we held regular town hall meetings for the people of Socorro so that they could come ask us questions and we would provide them the answers. Um, I, I remember at one point, I'm a big technology guy. I, I believe in IT and city government. I know it, it, maybe we're a little bit ahead of ourselves here in Socorro, but something that I, that I enjoyed doing was having a virtual town hall. Not everybody can make a town hall in person. Some people might just get on Facebook and say, hey, you know, what's going on here? And something as simple as that. But sometimes here in Socorro, we have to be a little bit more vocal with our elected officials and say, why isn't this happening? Or if I see this here, why are we not getting that here? And that goes across any level of government. We have to be able to hold our elected officials accountable and elected officials have to be able to represent their community in an effective manner. I remember when Mr. Garcia was district to rep. He had a couple of town hall meetings and I can't recall since then having one here in District 2 or across the city. You just don't see that.
0: I had three town halls. Um, We had one at Waco, one at Sanchez, (laughs) and then uh, I think the last one was going to be at Socorro and something happened. And, And yeah, those town halls are very good to meet your constituents, hear your constituents, and and we did a Facebook Live and you know, it, it, it's really good. It's really good. I wish more people would do that. Uh, those are good things to have. And it's just keeping the pulse, knowing the pulse of the city and knowing the pulse of your district at that time. Okay, Mr. Rodriguez, we, we've got a lot of your time. So this is our last question. If you were mayor right now, what's the one thing you would change? Right now you had you had the votes, you had the power. What would you change for the city of Saquorl? Well, I think
1: that's something that I, I think that we need back and, and Ms. Rodriguez has done a, a great job representing the City of Socorro in the MPO. but I would really want to be able to be back in the NPO um, I think that the City of Socorro for whatever reason we don't have our mayor there you know we don't have a mayor at the NPO and, and that's pretty rare uh, when I was at the NPO just about every mayor in the, in the area was there um, and I think that the city of Socorro needs to have the mayor to be able to be there. Again, it's not Mr. Rodriguez. He does a great job at the MPO. Um, when I was at the MPO, he was in another committee as well. But that is something that really affects the area. Um, and again, the MPO is a big source of money for the city of Socorro. It, it it needs to. We need to go ahead and show them that we're serious about our our funding source. And and again you don't have your mayor there that's that i don't know what kind of message that sends to everybody else or what happened that you know miss garcia is no longer there um but we really have to be able to be showing that that we're serious about it again because of the mpo we were able to get a lot of the funding done i remember we had this one agenda item because we wanted to to have our safe routes to school grants that again pay for sidewalks approved and we were the highest rated. Application, You know, Mr. at the time, the, the grants director, Mr. Aníbal had done a great job on his application. He was the highest rated one. But again, because of the way that the NPO works, they were wanting to give the funding to entities that had 50s and 60s in their applications while we were in the 90s. You know, and you have to be able to fight for that. You have to be able to advocate for that and say, hey, you know, we're, we're, we might be socorro. But if we have the highest rated application, then why are we being passed over for somebody who has a 50? I mean, what is that, an F, F-minus? I don't know what that is, you know, but that's the kind of stuff that we have to be able to fight for and advocate for for the citizens of Spoto so we can have good things here in the community.
0: Thank you, sir. And you know what? I'm gonna, I'm sorry I told you it was the last question, but it's not. Can you tell our listeners what the MPO is and what it consists of? Because we uh, want to make sure they know exactly what the MPO is and, and make sure that if you get elected in Socorro, you still have an obligation to attend the MPO and help us bring projects to Socorro. Can you elaborate on what the MPO is?
1: Yeah, so the MPO, um, it, starts for the, it stands for the Metropolitan Planning Organization. And basically, it is a board and it is made up of different entities here in El Paso. You have Sun Metro, you have the Texas Department of Transportation. The majority of the seats are held by the city of El Paso and and these communities, we all get together and we attend the the meetings and that is where the major projects across the area are discussed and approved. And so you want to be able to be there because that is how projects like Waco Tanks, like North Loop, like Verizon get approved again, the various grants that deal with sidewalks. This is the board that handles all that. And so you really want to be able to be a part of that and have a say in that process. Um, and small. Horizon Walter Miller was actually the chairman of at the, at the MPO. The chairman is elected for one year. He was there. Uh, mayor of Sunland Park, uh, another small community in New Mexico, Javier Perea. He was also the chairman, uh, county commissioner. You know, unfortunately, he lost the election. Vince Perez, he was also the commissioner. And so you're able to do a lot of great things when you when you are at the MPO, when you show up, when you learn. You know, a lot of that stuff is very, very interesting information that you really have to have a good head to wrap yourself around it. Um, but it does a lot of great things for our community. And the more that we are there, the more we show up, the more funding we can get for the community.
0: Well, wow, thank you, Mr. Reese. We really appreciate your time. You've been really enlightened of the information we've asked. Uh, you know, we wish you the best. Uh, early voting starts on Tuesday, everybody. Also, uh, our census is still going up. No, no, our census stopped on the 5th. Uh, our voting, early voting starts on the 10th, on Tuesday we're at uh, 13th. 13th. 13th 13th it starts on the 13th today's the 10th uh we want to uh appreciate mr reese coming on on a saturday uh it was a long time coming we we had to shift things around we do appreciate it we want everybody to listen to their consti- listen from their candidates for office because we are the constituents we want to know what's happening we want to know what they want to do. Uh, we want to thank Mr. Reese for coming in. I uh, want to thank Pablo. Any last words, Pablo?
2: No, I just want to say thank you, Mr. Mr. Reese, for for coming on and, and allowing us to ask you these questions. You know, a lot of these questions, I you know consi- ourselves, we've had these questions. Other constituents have had these questions. And, you know, they just want to know what's going to happen with these candidates coming back, whether they're like yourself. You were once in office and now you're trying to come back. And, those that are want to be new to the office, you know, I appreciate your time. And I appreciate
1: you all, you all having me here. Um I think that this campaign has been a little bit different than what we're used to because of the, the pandemic that is going on, you know, that li- really limits us as, as candidates to be able to knock on doors, to talk to people directly face to face. But we have to adapt, you know, we have to be able to adapt the way that we campaign. And, and so far it's been a good campaign. You know, we were out there walking earlier, we saw, um, uh, different campaigns out there as well, and I think that as long as we all keep it clean, that we respect our opponents, um, we're all trying to hopefully better Socorro. I think that's why we're ultimately all running because we love our city. Um, that's the reason I'm running is I love Socorro, and I want to make it a, a good community. You know, and I hope that the people of Socorro that go out and vote. One of the things that that. We see a lot is that unfortunately you know it's oh my compadre is running i gotta vote for him well your compadre might not be the best person to be in office right now you know and you have to be able to put that mentality aside and say who is the best candidate right now who is the one that is actually going to do things and is not just going to say that i'm going to do this you know if you're going to say something and as a promise what backs that up you know and i really think that here in socorro we have a chance um to keep that going to to go in the right direction Um, We also have several charter amendments. I don't know if you guys have talked about that with the other candidates, but we also have charter amendments that are important in in the way that the city is going to be run. And and most of all, this is a presidential election. If you're going to go out there and vote for, you know, for President Trump or Vice President Biden, that's great. But stick around for the down ballot races because that's also very important. In 2016, I think we had about 7000 people that went to go vote here in Socorro and 2000 people didn't vote for the local election, you know, and, and it, it it's a headlighter, right? you you the president is running for office. You want to vote for them, but the down ballot races, you know, the congressional races, the Senate races, here in Socorro, the local officials, we're all running for office. So please, if you're going to go out there and vote, stay safe, wear your mask and complete your whole ballot. You know, we have a lot of important items on this ballot and it is great that people are going to go out there and vote, but please vote for the entire ballot.
0: Thank you, Mr. Reese. Now and on on, on that point guys when we vote for um, our local elections affect our everyday life here in Socorro so if you you need more help on deciding, reach out to anybody to Pablo, to myself even to Mr. Reese and see what's going on because this is going to affect our everyday life our roads going out to work our roads coming in and the monies are spent in a certain way so like Mr. Reese said Go down the ballot. Go down the ballot. Don't go by names. Don't go go by by what you know they're gonna produce. So for Pablo, Mr. Reese, I am Alejandro Garcia. This is a Bajo podcast. We thank you, Mr. Reese. You guys have a good day. Bye bye. Thank you all.